Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increases as government and peace, there will be no end. Give somebody a high five before you sit down. Amen. How many know that the government that Jesus established when he came to the earth 2,000 years ago has not ended? His reign has, as king has not ended. In fact, it will never end, not just according to the prophecy, but also according to what we see in the New Testament, that when Jesus came on the earth, he came to rule and reign. Now, he came to rule and reign in hearts, and then he's going to return a second time and a second, a second coming, and he will rule as, as his empire will be a physical reign on the earth. But his government, his rulership, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't come in by somebody's vote. You didn't vote for him. God said Jesus will be the king of the nations. He'll be the king of the universe forever. So Jesus will rule and reign forever. It will know no end. And we love this so much. So the way that he rules is, is, is the, the rules of the government are not on our shoulders. They're on his shoulders. He establishes the rules. Everything's built on him. Everything is from Jesus, for Jesus, to Jesus, unto Jesus. Come on, it is all about Jesus. The kingdom is on his shoulders. And it says that that kingdom will know no end. So what we're doing, and and really that kingdom is on his shoulders because it is really about his identity. It's about who he is. So we're taking these five weeks and we're saying, listen, who is Jesus? And last week we talked about Jesus being wonderful and Jesus is full of wonder. Jesus is incredible. And that's what we talked about last week, that he's, that that he is inexhaustible in description. He's wonderful, full of wonder. And this week we're talking about Jesus as counselor. Everybody say counselor. How many of you have ever been to see a counselor before? I have. If you've never been to a counselor, you probably should go. It's a very good experience. I know people are too prideful and too scared to do that. Well, I don't know what kind of things they're going to pull up. Oh, they will pull up some things that will be so good for you. Um, but la- but many people lump these two words together. They say wonderful counselor. He's, he's, he, I like to think it's two different words, wonderful counselor. So which is it? Is it wonderful counselor or is it wonderful and counselor? Yes, he's wonderful and he's a wonderful counselor. In fact, he's wonderful at everything that he does. So the answer is yes. Is he wonderful or a wonderful counselor? Everybody say yes. So last week we talked about Jesus being wonderful. This week we're talking about Jesus as the counselor. How many know a counselor is someone that comes alongside of you and helps you? Right? Sometimes they might help you discover some things that you didn't know about yourself before, right? How many of you ever got counsel from a friend or a parent or a leader or somebody in your life? They come along and you went them went to them seeking counsel. Well, Jesus is the great counselor. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Matthew chapter 1, the birth of Jesus, the story of the birth of Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. I mean, I know they were engaged, okay? 
But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, what that means, let me break that down for you. We're all adults in the room. She was pregnant outside of wedlock. Problem. I mean, you know that that you might think that's a problem now. That was really a problem 2,000 years ago in Jewish culture. So she's engaged to this guy. She ends up pregnant. Many people would try to stone her if they found this out. All kinds of drama surrounding this event. It wasn't, it wasn't as all as calm as we think it was. So she is pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be a child through the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Everybody say he was righteous. He didn't want to expose her to public disgrace and had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph and my fiance comes to me and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what's up? Well, you're pregnant. We haven't been doing anything like you're supposed to be my girl. Well, the thing is, Joseph, what I have to tell you is I'm pregnant because the Holy Spirit overshadowed me and I'm carrying the Messiah in my body. Right. Yeah, that's good. So Joseph had made up his mind, right? Joseph had made up his mind. I'm going to leave this woman. She's out of her mind. She's been sleeping with another man. I'm out of here. He was righteous. So he's going to do it quiet. He's like, I'm not going to embarrass her. I'm not going to have her stoned or anything like that. I'm going to quietly just divorce. Cause in those days, engagement meant a lot more than it does now. You know, now it's kind of like engagement. Yeah, we're engaged, whatever that means, whenever the date is, we don't really have a ring or, but then it was like serious. Like it was a bonding agreement. So he said, you know what? Well, we're going to put this, we're going to not do this marriage thing. We're not going to end up getting married and, uh, and I'll be on my way because this woman's been unfaithful. That was his thinking. Trouble. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, I'd be seeking some counsel. Come on. The problem was is if he went to his parents, there would be all kinds of legal things going on according to the Jewish law. Lots of people getting dead, Let's just, let's just leave it that way. There, there was very strict rules against adultery in those days. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. him. How many know he is seeking counsel? Here comes the counsel. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived from her is the Holy Spirit. It's just like she told you. How many know that he needed that? He needed that word. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. See, oftentimes, God will put what we need inside of somebody else. See, some of you are just like, I don't need anybody. I just got Jesus. First of all, that's not biblical. The, the Bible calls us the body of Christ, right? Come on. We're together on this thing. We are collectively the bride of Christ. You're not an independent. There's no such thing as an independent Christian. We're all together on this thing. But oftentimes what we need is inside of somebody else. And sometimes you won't hear from the Lord. Sometimes you won't get what you need from God because you're too prideful and you're too independent and you're too made up your mind to receive it from somebody else. 
How many of you ever been? Well, I know the Lord spoke to you, but he needs to speak to me. I've done that. We do that with our spouse sometimes, don't we? Oh, I have. Not lately, but I have. See, we're so independent. And there's a problem with independence. Our culture promotes independence. You need to be independent. You need to be strong. Can I tell you today that independence is not strength. However, it may be our greatest weakness. Our greatest weakness might be our independence. I've got this. I don't need any help. I can do it on my own. I did it my way. Do you see where that can get problematic? This is why God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Because the humble go, I need help. The proud go, I got this. I don't need nobody. Can you imagine Joseph in this moment? The angel shows up. I mean, he's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to leave this woman. She's telling me that she's a, she's a godly woman. But she's the most godly person I've ever known. But she got, like, knocked up by somebody else. Like, this is not okay with me. And an angel shows up and is like, hey, don't be scared to take Mary as your wife. It's true. She got the Messiah inside of her. And he's like, no. Sorry. Roll credits, right? The end, the end of the story, right? Because this this was essential in in the prophecy of Jesus being from the line of David. That came through Joseph. So if Joseph didn't say yes to this, no Christmas. No Christmas for you this year, children, right? Because of the choice of Joseph. But Joseph said, yes, I'm not going to try to do this on my own. I'm not going to leave this woman. I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm not going to be independent and strong in my decision. Come on. How many of you know we are better with others? We are better with others. Check this out. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. It says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. See, you know what made Solomon, who, who wrote Proverbs, you know what made him wise? He went after wisdom. It wasn't something that was always in his possession. He pursued it. And because he pursued it, he got that, and he got a whole lot of other stuff as well. But he chose to go after wisdom. Most of us go after independence. God is saying, will you go after wisdom? And many times, wisdom is found in the person we're doing life with. I have benefited in my life. I've been, I've been serving the Lord for over 20 years now, like almost 20, yeah, a lot of years, almost 25 years. And I have benefited greatly from Christian counsel, whether it be from a pastor, a leader, a community, the community that I'm in, my wife, my friends, have benefited greatly. In fact, I would not have made it. I would not have made it in this journey if it wasn't for people in my life. Because Christianity was never meant to be done alone. Never. I know we live in the culture, just you and Jesus. Sorry, it don't work like that. There's no just you and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. We're together. That's why God called us to be the church together. Now, let me say this about counsel. First of all, don't listen to everybody. 
Don't just listen to anybody. Don't get your counsel from Dr. Phil or Dr. Oprah or whatever her title is. That's great if you want to watch all that. But let me tell you, if you want counsel in your life, you need to be in somebody that knows you and knows the Holy Ghost. Let's just be real. You need to have somebody that has a connection with the Father. And just because it has worldly wisdom attached to it and somebody's got some great insight because they've got some kind of initials before their name doesn't mean it's godly. I would never, I, I've sent people to, I've done counseling. I've sent people to counseling. I will not send people to non-Christian counseling. Won't do it. Because you need to hear from someone that has the pulse of heaven. I'm not being legalistic on that. I'm just saying, you want godly advice? You've got to go to godly people. Well, all truth is God's truth. All right, but, but what is being communicated outside of the words? And that's what you need. You need life given to you, not just information. Oh, that'll preach all day. So don't listen to everybody. Number two, listen to somebody. Everybody say somebody. You need to find somebody that can listen to you and someone that you can listen to. 18-year-old young man, you need to find someone that you can listen to. Don't pride yourself in knowing everything. Because there is a lot more that you don't know than you do know. So go after that. Don't be so prideful. Now, you're probably just like me, right? Does anybody else hate unsolicited advice? <clears throat> right? You get on Facebook, somebody don't even know you, and they're telling you how to run your life. That's so annoying, right? But the reason why it's annoying for me is because I'm pretty prideful. Let's just be real. I just, I mean, I'm like, I'm quick on those keys. You know what I'm saying? When someone's like, well, what you need to do is, what you need to do is mind your own business. That's what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's, what, that's where I'm at on it. But most of that, can I tell you, most of that is rooted in pride. Don't be that guy that's given unsolicited advice because it's never accepted. However, at the same time, don't be so prideful that you're not willing to listen to somebody, especially if they're a follower of Christ. Um, years ago, we, uh, I was a part of this when I was in youth ministry. I was a part of this youth ministers network of youth pastors. And we would get together uh, every month. We'd get together. And it, like, took time out of my schedule to go to these meetings. And, uh, you know, all the youth pastors get together and talk about what's going on and try to encourage one another. And every time I left those meetings, I was like, man, that was just like. And when you get preachers together, it's just, man, it's, it's a long meeting. Some of y'all know that because you've been in our house or you've been to lunch or something. So it's always a long meeting when you get a, a, a preacher in the room. And so, man, they were go on like two, three hours. And, and I, man, I remember leaving those meetings and being like, man, this is like not beneficial to me at all to be at these meetings. Like, I'm going to quit going. And so I told the Lord, I was driving home one day and I was like, you know, I don't need these guys. I was around, you know, all grumpy about it because I was like wasted in my mind, I was wasting my time, and I was driving home, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, and God spoke to me. He said, who said you're there for you? Because not only do those people have the gift that I need, I also have the gift that they need. So when you eliminate someone from your life, you take away a gift that they're supposed to have. Listen, don't you ever... Don't you ever burn a bridge. Well, you don't know how they suck life out of me. You know what? You're a life giver. You can afford it. You can afford negative people in your life. 
I'm not saying you're around them all the time, but they need some positivity somewhere. So you're going to be negative about them being negative? Or are you going to give them some life? Because somebody's got to show them, and you're in their life for a reason. So you just sit around, and you can complain about it all day, or you can bring some life. The choice is up to you. Go after the gift that's in them. Well, they ain't got nothing to give me. That's your pride talking, first of all. And you know what I found about that? From that moment when I said, okay, and I invested myself fully, heart, soul, mind, and strength, I invested fully. I was like, okay, Lord, I just changed my approach. You know what? From that moment, I started benefiting from that group. From that moment when I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not just going to go because that's what I'm supposed to do. I started benefiting from that. And it became a huge blessing. And whenever we left, it was like hard. That was one of the hardest things was like not being around those guys that I developed a relationship with. Why? Because I invested myself. It wasn't about what I could get anymore. Come on. So we need people in our life. We need counsel. However, it's not to be overlooked that we do have the great counselor inside of us. And that's really what I want to spend most of my time this morning is that we need to understand that we are better together. We are better with others, but we are best when we're being led by Jesus. Everybody said that. We are best when we are being led by Jesus. So don't lose sight of the fact. See, Jesus is the best counselor. You can spend, and, and people do this all the time. And again, I'm not against Christian counseling. You, you should probably go. You should probably set up, you're in a, if, you're, if you're in a difficult season, you should set up an appointment with a Christian counselor this week. Well, man, I just can't get out of it. When is the last time you signed up for some Christian counseling? Christian is, is the operative word there. When is the last time? Well, we're having difficulties in our marriage. The, 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 the problem that people do is they wait till there's a problem before they get counseling. You need it. You, how many know you need to invest before the problem gets there? However, yes, you need to do that. But also understand that you have the counselor inside of you. You have access to the greatest counselor. And Jesus is the best counselor. Jesus is the best counselor because he knows best. Jesus knows best. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, Paul is speaking about the, the church here, and he's also speaking about the church of Laodicea. And in verse 2, he says this, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. Isn't that good? How many of you want to be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the, f- the full riches of complete understanding and in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, Jesus has all wisdom and all knowledge. Humanity, if, if this circle is all the wisdom and knowledge in the universe, and let's say all of humanity has this much, that would be a lot if that's all of it. Jesus has all of it. And he knows what's best. He knows what's best because he knows everything. He knows it all. And he also has wisdom. He also has the know-how to navigate through it the best. He knows best. So why? Why do we go to Facebook first? Why do we text our friend first? Why don't we go to him first? Because he knows everything. He knows, he knows everything 
about you? Everything. Things about you that, that you'll probably never know. And he knows everything about your situation. He knows everything about the person that you're having a situation with. He knows it all. Well, just go to that person. Yes, go to that person. But first, go to Jesus because he knows best. And ask him, Lord, what do you know that I don't know? Well, a whole lot, but let me tell you this. By the way, I ask that question all the time to the Lord. Lord, what do you know that I don't know? Every day. God, let me, I want to learn something today. We talked a little bit about that last week. If Jesus knows everything, then why do we oftentimes ask him? See, my counselor knows everything. My counselor. Anybody else in here can have a counselor? My counselor. He knows everything. He knows how and why everything works. He knows, he knows why it does the things that it does. He knows how it do. He knows how it roll. He knows why people act the way they do. He knows the reason I am the way I am. Have you ever been like that? You're like, man, why do I do that? He knows. My counselor knows. My counselor also understands. See, Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man. We talked about this last week. He is still fully man. And Ephesians chapter 4 says that he is before the throne of God as someone who is able to sympathize with us. So there is a man in heaven, not just an all-knowing, out-of-reach God, a man, someone who walked in our shoes, who struggled through life, who dealt with loneliness, who dealt with struggles, who dealt with temptations, someone who has dealt with all the stuff that he's been through, and he's before the throne of God pleading grace over our lives. And he's going, I understand, because I, was, I remember when I dealt with that. I remember one of the most powerful moments in my life. I was sitting in my living room and I was like, Lord, I just, I feel so lonely and I feel so rejected. I remember telling the Lord that. I said, I just feel so rejected. And Jesus walks into my living room, sits in my living room and he said, Josh, I deal with rejection every day. I mean, people reject Jesus all the time. I reject Jesus all the time. You don't? I need your phone number because I need some counsel. (laughs) He told me that. He said, I understand. And there's something about Jesus that knows that he doesn't just know everything. He actually understands. He's been there. He's done that. He gets it. He stands under the weight that we are under. And the other thing about Jesus is that my counselor is wise. He is wise. He knows, he knows how to navigate through it all. Through it all, man, he knows. He knows how to, he, he knows how to, to, to get you through it. He knows how to get you through it. The second thing about my counselor, the reason why Jesus is the best counselor, number one, he knows best. Number two, he cares best. See, nobody cares like Jesus cares. Nobody cares like he does. I know your spouse cares for you. I know you care for your kids, but nobody cares for your kids like Jesus cares for your kids. You know, when we go to shop for a product, I don't know, unless you're just incredibly loaded, and if you are, then, you know, I'm going to let you offer to pay for our Christmas this year. 
most of us search for the greatest value, right? We search for, we search for value. We don't, want, we don't want the cheapest thing because the cheapest thing won't last, right? You pay $7 for, you're going to get a $7 pair of shoes, right? However, we look for value. We look for what can I, what is the best deal for my money, right? And so what we do is we search on Amazon and eBay and Walmart. If you're like me, man, you're researching, going, I want the best value. I want to make sure I get the best deal, that I get the best product for my money, that I get value. But what we find is normally the best products have the highest cost, unfortunately. How many know if you go for surgery, you don't want to go cheap? I need a heart transplant. Let's see. Cheap heart transplants. You don't, you don't do that. I mean, you're willing to pay that money. Why? Because you want the best care. Can I tell you today that you don't have to settle for cheap care. You get the best care at the highest price because he paid the price for your care. And Beloved, let me tell you, there is great comfort in knowing that the one who offers the best care cares the best for you. Beloved, there is great comfort in knowing that the one who offers the very best care cares the best for you. He cares so much for you. When you hurt, what we do is, we see, we don't think that. Because when we pray, we go, God, why are you putting me through this? That doesn't sound like a God who cares. God, why are you? What is, where did we get that? Because I'm not seeing that in the Bible. Prayers like, God won't put it on you. He's not putting it on you. You live in a world, there's a devil that hates you. He's not putting, putting it on you. He's pulling you through it. And that might take 10 years, but he is pulling you through it. But when we pray, I say, God, I, I want to trust you. I, I want to experience your care. Don't blame God for your struggles. Stop that. He cares. He cares, he, he cares more about you than you care about you. I know you care about you a whole lot. But he cares more. Check this. Luke chapter 12 Therefore, I tell you, because he's the great caregiver, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. Now, some of us about that body. Um, about your body, what you'll wear. Life is more than food, and the body more, for, more than clothes. Consider the ravens, the birds. They don't sow or reap, weep, reap nor weep. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to this life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Don't set your heart on what you can eat or drink. How am I going to pay the bills? 
Don't worry about that. That's what Jesus is saying. He says nature takes care of itself. You think God's going to abandon you? You say, oh, he takes care of all that. You think he's going to, you think he cares more about that stuff than you? Don't worry. For the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And these things, what things? The things that you need. The bills that need to be paid. The weight you need to lose. Maybe. Right? The house you're going to live in. The car you're going to drive. Don't worry about those things. Pagans worry about those things. We don't worry because we got a good father. But seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. Don't be afraid. I love this. Verse 32. Then he says this. Seek first the kingdom. Don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid, my sheep. Don't be afraid. Your father, it's your father's pleasure. One translation says it brings your father great joy to give you the kingdom. What is in God's kingdom? Everything you need. Everything you need. So he cares. He cares best. So Jesus is the best counselor because he knows best. Secondly, he cares best. And number three, he leads best. See, he's got the best advice. And let me tell you today that he is better running your life than you are. I know you think you're good at it. No matter how much experience you have, you're going to make a mess of it just like me. He's a lot better at running my life than I am. I've, I've found myself in a lot of emotional messes over the last year even. You know why? Because I try to run my own life. Let's just be real. It is it, it worry, stress, frustration, tension everywhere. Why? Because I'm doing it Josh Brown's way. He leads best. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray. Leading their own life. But you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. John chapter 10, Psalm 23, we learn about God as the good shepherd. We did a series on this a couple of years ago, probably revisit it in 2018. That he cares for you well and he leads you well. Through difficulty through triumph, come on, through your needs, he leads well in our decisions and our direction. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Then he goes on to say, don't, don't be led by, don't be, don't be like an animal who has to have a, a bit and blinders on his eyes. He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to walk alongside of you. And I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to be like, hey, why don't you do this? Hey, come over here. How many of you know it's a relationship? We're not, we're not cosmic robots, right? When we came, we, he is talking to us. He's, he will instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go. So in our, in our decisions and directions, and the second area that he leads us in is in our misdirections. How many of y'all had some of those before? Whoops. Mistakes. 
blatant disobedience. How many of you have ever done something stupid? Like you knew it was stupid, but you're going to do it anyway. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to independent. I'm going to do what I want. I'm a, I always tell Leslie sometimes being silly around the house. I say, I don't want to do what I want. I'm a grown man. <laughs> right? That's that independence talking. That's not a strength. That's a weakness. I'm a grown man. Do what I want. <laughs> yeah, there are going to be some results from that too. Let's just, let's just say it. But when we do misdirect, when we don't follow his direction, guess what? He'll lead us there too. Because it says in 1 John chapter 2, my dear children, just because you screwed up doesn't mean you're not my kid anymore. My dear children, I write this to you so that you do not sin. Don't sin. Don't do something stupid. But if anybody does, that word sin means to miss the mark. Oh, I've missed a lot of marks. Have you missed any marks? Guess what? He'll also lead you through your misdirection. If anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. We have a counselor in the throne room of God going, yep, they did that, but here I am. I'm here to represent my client. I'm here to represent my son, my daughter. I'm here to represent them. We have an advocate. We have a counselor. We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So when you misdirect, Jesus goes, let me step right in here. Righteousness, just like me, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, what a relief. He leads best. So how do we follow his counsel? I'm glad you guessed. I'm glad you asked. The first thing we got to do if we're going to follow his counsel is we have to ask. Ask. Most of our prayers are asking for God's rescue, not his direction. If we would ask his direction, we wouldn't so often need his rescue. We act and then we pray. Oh, Father. Right? You're not praying about the speeding ticket until the cop pulls you over. Lord, give me grace. Right? Ask. Pray. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then you ask other people to pray for you, but you never prayed about it. You never asked. Well, pray for me, brother. I'm going to. Did you pray about it? I'll pray for you, but are you praying? Yeah, we do. We pray. When people come to us, we take it serious. We have a we have a daughter that has our list, man. Every night she's she goes right through it. She knows them all. You get on that prayer list. There's some power going up from the brown house. Pray. But you pray. You ask God. Number two, listen. God, it's so hard. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be through a hard God. I don't know what I'm going to do. They're always shut up. <laughs> be still and know that he's God. John 10 says his sheep know his voice. You are his sheep. You have a right to know the voice of God. Listen. Don't just ask. Listen. God, I don't know what to do with my job. Listen, 
And then what you hear in prayer and what you read in the word, some of you just aren't going to hear from God because you're not in the word. Well, I don't know what God was. Have you read the Bible? Because he said a whole lot right there. You can probably already know his opinion about most things just by knowing his heart, by reading his word. What do you hear in prayer? Not in the moments. Come on. Not in the moments. What's going on here? God will speak to you sometimes in the moment, but listen, you better be in tune all the time. You better have your prayer life intact. So pray, listen. Number three, seek wisdom. When you got a huge decision to make, how do you consult the counselor? Again, just like Joseph. See, how many know that, that Mary had Jesus inside of her? It was way better for Joseph to be with Mary who possessed Jesus. Sometimes the answer you need is in somebody else. Seek wisdom. Not everybody. Not people that don't know you. Not people that don't know Jesus. But seek wisdom. Seek it from people. Seek information. All that kind of stuff. Seek wisdom. And number four, trust and act. Trust and act. Oh, waiting on God. Waiting on God. Waiting on God. Trust and act. Doesn't take much faith to just sit around the house and wait for a phone call. I'm just believing the Lord. Apparently you're not because you're just sitting around waiting for something to happen. Have you ever been so frustrated like someone come to you for advice? Man, I, I, you know, for those of you that aspire to ministry, get ready. This is, this is the thing that happens all the time. People will come to you, Pastor. Pastor, I need some advice. Okay, man, yeah, sure. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord. This is what you need to do. All right. All right. All right. And you know, I mean, you know the outcome if they don't do it, because sometimes God just gives you that wisdom. And this just isn't just for pastors. This is for any believer. We all have the same Holy Ghost. Come on. And so I'm like, man, this is what you need to do. Like, I really feel like it's the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the Lord. And then they go and they do something else. That's like, and I'm always like, that's the last time. It never is. But I say that in the moment. Last time I ever got that person they're draining me. I'm so important. <laughs> I mean, you all know what I'm saying. Get rid of all those people. What is that? Get it. And I don't see Jesus getting rid of people because they were draining. I mean, you know, remember Peter who denied him like three times? Remember Judas? I mean, who like, <laughs> Jesus never rejected those people. You're too draining. <laughs> the cross is for everyone except for you. Sorry. This bugs me so much. Okay. First Peter five seven. Cast all your anxieties or cares on him. All the things that you're worried about, all the things that you need counsel in. Cast it on him. Because he cares for you. Trust and act God. Here's all my stress, all the things that I'm worried about. And we all deal with it. Cast all of it. Not just a little bit. All of it. Cast it. It's that same word that's used to cast out demons. In other words, get it out of the room. Cast all your care on him. Lord, here's my care. I'm exercising my care on you. 
because you care for me, because he's a good caregiver. See, my counselor's been telling me, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. My counselor, my heavenly counselor has been saying, that's not who you are. This is who you are. My counselor's been telling me, you're my beloved, and I'm going to take good care of you. You're going to be all right. See, my counselor doesn't just have the information. He actually has the solution. He has the solution. David prays this in Psalm 16, verse 7. I'm wrapping up. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, persistently pursuing the counsel of God. I've set the Lord always before me. And because he's at my right hand, because I've been pursuing and because he's there, I will not be shaken. The world will crumble. The kingdoms of this age will crumble. Our governments will crumble. The nations will crumble. But I will not be shaken because I've set the Lord before me. Therefore, my heart is glad. You want joy in your life? It's right here. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will rest secure because you will not abandon me. You're a good caregiver. You will not abandon me in the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have known to me the path of life. He understands. He has the wisdom to get there. And you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You want pleasure? Don't pursue pleasure. Pursue the Lord. Pursue counsel, just like Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom. See, Mary, all the stuff that she was dealing with. I mean, I'm sure even after that moment, her and Joseph had some conversations. There's a whole lot of drama in the, in the nativity story. It's not just some little, you know, pretty Christmas card. We're talking babies dying. We're talking about people running for their life. And what was it that sustained this couple? Is because inside of her, she bared the hope of glory. She was carrying the great counselor who was leading her through it all. When Jesus shows up on the scene, this is what he says. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, a paraclete, someone to come along inside of you to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world can't accept him because it neither sees him or know him, but you know him, for he will live in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, just, I, I, I believe in this moment, he's saying, just like Mary Bear Jesus, you bear the Holy Spirit to counsel you, to lead you, to take you through. God will not leave you as an orphan. He will take good care of you. He put the Holy Spirit. He made his deposit of the Holy Ghost inside of you so you can continually receive from God's counsel.